We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Greetings and salutations, my friends. Welcome back to another audio adventure on Insight. I'm Chris Van Vliet, and I just super appreciate you being here with us on this episode and on every single episode. You might remember when her father, Santino Morello, was on the show, he had some very nice things to say about his daughter. So it's just such a pleasure to have Bianca Corelli with us on this episode. And it's an added bonus that she's coming to us from Canada. She lives like 40 minutes from where I grew up. But look, I'm very aware that when you clicked on this episode, you probably didn't know a whole lot about Sophia. But I can promise you, you are going to love her before this conversation is done. Not only is she super talented in the ring, but she's brilliant, incredibly smart, incredibly engaging, and so charismatic. Give her a follow on social media. She's at Bianca A. Sophia A. on Instagram, and she's at Corelli Bianca on Twitter. So it's like, Last name, then first name. And you can find me. I am at Chris Van Vliet. Let's dive into this. So good. Please welcome Bianca Corelli. So good to see you. Thank you so much for doing this. And no problem, Chris. Thank you for having me on. You know, I had your dad on, I guess this would have been about a year and a half ago. And he had so many incredibly wonderful things to say about you. He was basically telling the world they need to watch out for you. Wow. Well, I, well, I would hope so. <laughs> like, I, I would hope it would be nice things. <laughs> well, I mean, he is your dad, but then he was like, but my daughter, Bianca, is so incredibly talented. Like, oh. you know, the wrestling world better watch out. Wow. Well, dad is a sweetheart. <laughs> dad really is a sweetheart. So, Oh, well, and I'm sure it runs in the family. Um, thank you. Uh, and to, from other family members, I believe it carries out. I'd say we're a pretty happy, funny, kind bunch, us, us all. <laughs> Look, I, I always love talking to a fellow Canadian. I'm, I'm from not far from... You're in Mississauga, right? Yeah, I'm in Mississauga. So I was on the other side of Toronto in Pickering. So we're like you know, 45 minutes away from each other, maybe? Yeah, well, it depends on what time you're getting on the 401, because that 45 minutes could be like two hours. <laughs> Let me tell you. So are you still in university right now? Yes, I will be done end of July. Okay, this is soon. Very, very soon. That's why it's been so hectic. Uh, the courses I'm taking right now are like, they're summer courses, so they're super condensed. So every day has just been crazy. So are you taking summer courses because of COVID or you just wanted to like speed up the process here? 
I wanted to just get it done. I took a couple years off to wrestle. Yeah. So I had one more year left. And now I'm like, okay, just get that year done, get out of the way. COVID kind of was the reason why I was like, you know what, I'm just going to finish it. I have one year left. Um, before COVID, I was like, I don't, I don't really care about my degree. Wrestling's what I want to do. Things got put on pause and it was like, okay, I would be silly not to finish it if there's nothing else I can physically possibly do right now. Your degree terrifies me and probably terrifies a lot of people that are watching this. A degree biology? in biology is very, yeah, come on. That's very scary. Not really. Honestly, I think sciences are a lot easier than any like art degree because there's a definite answer. It's either like yes or no. It's either this quantity or this quantity. Whereas with like right now, I'm taking an anthropology course uh, for my essay credit and it's the answer is whatever you justify it to be. And that terrifies me because like there's no answer. I, I just I don't like that. <laughs> I, I would, I mean, so I was a communications major at Wilfrid Laurier, and I would argue that because it's subjective, it's easier because you're like, you know, this might not necessarily be right, but if I make a good enough case for it, oh my I can still get an A on this paper. But the person, so this is, this is where I would have to like challenge that a little bit. The person who's marking your thing, like they could just hate it and give you a horrible mark. Like you might have great arguments, but because they feel a different way, they're biased, then they're just gonna, just gonna be like F. <laughs> nah, there you go <laughs> like you know what i mean it's it's that that room that room for subjectivity or objectivity whatever that i don't like that <laughs> and you're right in the sciences this does not exist it is black or white there is no gray area yes and that's safe <laughs> i like <laughs> it <laughs> so when you when you apply and you're going into school for a biology degree what's the plan to, you know what do you want to do with a biology degree originally well, I, I wanted to be a brain surgeon. Wow. Yeah. I, I went to Western with, um, I was doing a medical science degree and a major in neuroscience. And I was very interested in it um, in terms of like what the courses were about and everything. But then I started thinking more about like real life. And, you know, when I grow up, like when I have at the time, I was like 19. So when I grow up, I'm, you know what I mean? Um, but then I was thinking like the hours you put in being a brain surgeon, the stress, um, well, how does that affect your family life? Would I be happy doing that? Like, yes, I could have the capability to do that. I could put in the work, but am I going to enjoy my life? And, you know, time flies by. You only have one life. Uh, I want to spend that life like enjoying the moments, not really high stress, not 24 hours on call and in the hospital, like seeing very, very sad things and very happy moments too. But it just didn't fit with me. Yeah. So <laughs> is the plan now wrestling? The goal is to be a pro wrestler? 100%. 100%. What a shift. Okay. What a shift from <laughs> I want to be a brain surgeon to I want to be a pro wrestler. I mean, they they do seem different in theory, but I mean, they're very me similar. Okay, so they're very similar in the sense that like anything that you want to do or anything that interests you, you need to put forth full effort and you need yes. to be disciplined. So when it comes to reading your textbooks, you know, planning your schedule and getting your work done and on time, that same discipline totally carries over into the gym. So, you know, you wake up, you get your workout done, you have your meals planned, you know, like 
you can analyze things. So if, if this is my weakest suit in wrestling, maybe I need to do more cardio drills in the ring. Well, I've self-analyzed. I know what needs improvement. I know I just have to put in the work. There's repetition involved, studying, practice. And um, it, it's very similar. That discipline carries over. That desire to succeed carries over. And it really just comes down to how much energy you're investing in the thing that you want. The, and so, the, Yeah, the thing I love <laughs> about this is you're approaching wrestling school and wrestling training as if it's actual school. And I think that unfortunately, a lot of people look at this as a hobby. You know, they look at it like, going to boxing classes or going to Taekwondo classes or something like that. And you're basically approaching this with the same precision as a brain surgeon. Well, thank you. And I, I do actually try to do that. Um, and I do look at it very analytically. And that's also just because the way my brain works. So I know like a lot of people in my class, um, you know, maybe they see something, they learn it, they do it. Where, mm -hmm. Whereas I see something I think of 10 other ways that it could be done. I ask why we do it this way, what the benefit is possibly to the other ways that we could do it. Um, you know, when can we use this? Like, and my brain just starts creating these webs and I tend to overcomplicate things for myself initially, but once all my webs have been put into place, like I have a bigger picture and I have a more broad understanding. So it takes me a little more time to learn things. But when I do learn them, like, I got it. <laughs> yeah. You sound like you're just obsessed with the concept of learning. And I was reading another interview that you did where you're talking about some of your favorite books. And like, you listed off a book by Eckhart Tolle. And I'm like, oh my God, like, that guy, that guy is brilliant. And the yeah. fact that that's one of your favorite books, I think really speaks a lot to your character and also just the direction you're headed in. Thank you. Um, and, you know, when it comes to books like that, so I, I have a bunch of different I talk with this a lot, actually, I have a lot of diverse interests. And um, I think fundamentally, a lot of them do come down to just like with Eckhart Tolle, it, it's more of a spiritual awareness. And it's more of like a conscious energy. And, and that's kind of when it comes to how I was comparing wrestling and studying, and that energy investment, like I feel that it's that just conscious ability to recognize what do I want? How am I going to get there? Um, as well as like, that's what I gained from these books, like with Eckhart Tolle. And I, I write quotes on my mirror and stuff too, like um, accept, enjoy, enthuse. And, you know, it, it's easy to get lost in a goal. And I'm very firm on kind of staying grounded while you're pursuing things and just maintaining like a level of consciousness, just ultimately to enjoy life. And yeah. that, that, is it. that is what it's all about for me is just enjoying life and it comes and it goes. You, you got to make the most of it. Look, I love chasing after goals. I say it all the time. <laughs> vague goals give vague results. And I think it's so important to be specific about the things you're chasing after. But along that journey, it's also so important to celebrate the little goals along the way, which help you appreciate every single day. Definitely. I, I totally agree with that. It's like a cheat meal at the end of the week. Oh. <laughs> you celebrate your success of the week with a little cheat meal. <laughs> What's the cheat meal for you? Ooh. Oh, man. Um, lately, there's this burger that I've been getting. Um, I, I'm a big cheeseburger person. And this cheeseburger has a deep fried mozzarella stuffed portobello mushroom on top of it. Yeah. and. I, I don't know, like how you if you like cheeseburgers or not. Well, that sounds incredible. It it's 
the best burger I've ever had. I, when I go get it, I actually make sure I'm by myself because I need to be alone with the burger and I need to just like have my time to just sit and enjoy it. It it's a great experience. <laughs> I, well, next time I'm back home in Toronto, I'm gonna have to check this out. Gladiator Burger. It's called okay. the Liberator, and okay. it's called the Liberator for a reason. It is. It is that good. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you're growing up, the daughter of a very well-known WWE superstar, when do you start to realize just how famous your dad is? Oh my gosh, I actually have a specific memory. Um, so. I lived in Milton for a few okay. years in my childhood, like 12 to 16. And uh, my dad got a place in Milton too. So we were nearby. And one day he picks me up. We go to the Milton Mall, which is like, I don't know if you've ever heard of it or if you've ever been there. It is the smallest mall ever. There was there was nothing in there. And we're walking to the mall and someone was like, Santino, Santino. And I was like, him? Like my, my dad, really? Like someone recognized you? Like it was, it was the first time someone had actually recognized him in such a small place too. It was weird. And you know, it was cool. Like it was cool. And then eventually, yeah. okay, like I want my dad back. Like we were doing something <laughs> like, um, bye. but, um, you know, I mean that that's what it, you know, then it started happening more often. And I get that that comes with the business. Like you're going to have fans. You got to make time for your fans. So the fans, you know, you wouldn't really exist in a, in a sense. So um, that was definitely something that took us uh, from getting used to. But it was cool. It was cool to think that people knew who my dad was. It was kind of weird at first. Well, I think that people are blown away still to this day when they realize that your dad actually doesn't speak with an Italian accent. <laughs> yeah, that's probably like a very weird thing to see because you're expecting him to speak and then the accent to come out and then it's just like regular Anthony from Mississauga. <laughs> <laughs> so when he would meet fans, would he just speak like Anthony from Mississauga? Yeah, yeah, he would. And they're like, wait a minute. Yeah, and then he'd always, you know, take pride in saying, you know, I'm from... Mississauga, I'm from Ontario, I'm from Canada. And um, yeah, just kind of be relatable. And and for like people in Ontario, you kind of want them to be proud. Like, you know, for him, it was always, you know, I'm from Canada, I'm from Ontario. Like, I, and he loves Canada. We love Canada. We like hiking and kayaking and all that stuff. And to be a Canadian that's proud to be Canadian and have yeah. nobody know that you're Canadian is kind of pro probably strange, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Is that an accent that like he did like around the house or is that just something when WWE was like, hey, we hear you have some Italian roots, like you better do an accent? Well, I mean, my dad's always been a really funny guy. So he's always like doing strange accents or just being silly, being funny. So he definitely had that accent in his back pocket, but it wasn't like polished by any means. <laughs> I mean, when I hear it, I think it's hilarious. I, I think it's funny. But um, yeah, he was definitely put on the spot there a, a little bit with that one. Yeah. I, and I, like, like I said, I think for years, people didn't realize that he wasn't actually Italian. I guess he did a good job then. He, he really he did a great job. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it, still to this day, people have no idea. How much of his silliness and his charisma has rubbed off on you? Oh my gosh. Honestly, probably a lot so like a lot of my friends like they would definitely describe me and this is kind of a weird word but I'm just kind of a goofball like I'm very silly um I'm always laughing a lot of the time like 
the gym of battle arts where we train. I've heard from some people like, oh, I knew you were here because I heard your laugh across the gym. Yeah. So, which is, which is like a compliment, but it's yeah. also like, ooh, am I that loud? <laughs> I guess I am. Um, but yeah, humor is, is so huge and important uh, in my life. You know, even with this analytical brain and I'm always thinking outside of the box, you know, that stuff doesn't matter without humor and smiles and joy and I'm happy that I, I got that stuff from my dad. Like he's hilarious. And I guess now I'm funny too. <laughs> <laughs> now you're hilarious. You've inherited it all. <laughs> Thanks dad. <laughs> oh, is he upstairs right now? No, I'm just like talking to him oh. from far away. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that was kind of weird, but. <laughs> Do you remember your reaction the first time you saw Santina? Oh, um, yeah. Well, n- no. Yes and no. Um, <laughs> honestly, all I remember is um, I was having a sleepover one time with like, like some friends, like some girlfriends. Must have been like grade nine or ten. And I went into my dad's room and I just I looked at the floor and my friend was behind me. And she looks and she looks at me like she didn't watch wrestling. There was pink Converse, like fishnets, like a big giant pink skirt, like a corset <laughs> on the floor. She's like what is that? I'm like, Oh, it's, it's my dad's. <laughs> I remember my friend was just really confused about why my dad was, would have like giant women's clothing in his room. So yeah, that, that was funny. Um, it was, it was cool to see his acting. He played a great woman. I must say, um, not a very pretty woman though. <laughs> not that it matters, but, uh, yeah, it was funny. It was cool. Uh, definitely was surprised at first. Like, Oh my gosh. Like, what is, what is he wearing? Uh, what is he doing? Um, but again, honestly, it was a great opportunity just to see how like diverse he is and he can really play any role he's given. He's, he's a good entertainer, my father. I feel like he should have been taking some tips from you. I mean, you had a background in like beauty pageants. He should have been like, Bianca, <laughs> how can I be a better Santina? Oh my gosh. I know. And it's funny because he was, um, miss wrestlemania that's right and i'm like it's just strange like I, i'm the first in my family to do pageants but then I, it's like i guess not that's <laughs> <laughs> not in a way so that was kind of cool i want to be miss, miss wrestlemania yeah <laughs> hey, who knows <laughs> what drew you to like have an interest in pageants honestly i was watching tv uh toddlers and tiaras was on and I know a lot of people have a big problem with that show, but all that aside, because I don't really want to get into that. Um, I was like, you know what? I could totally do this. Like they're literally, you know, walking across the stage with confidence and really pretty gowns. And I've always loved like makeup and glamour and sparkles. And I was like, I could do this. So I yeah. Googled uh, Can- Canada teenage pageant. I found Miss Teen Canada. I entered. I did Miss Teen Ontario. I won. And then I got to the national level. I made a top 10. Um, and yeah, then I was like, okay, I guess that was, <laughs> that was cool. I liked that. Um, it was just for me, just kind of like a little challenge for myself to try something new, step out of my comfort zone. Um, I like to try new things, see what I like, see what I don't like. And I'm very competitive once I decide to pursue something. So it was just a really fun goal for me to have to prepare for that. Yeah. Is there any crossover, do you think, between the world of pageants and the world of wrestling? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Tons. Well, to, for starters, 
Okay, glitz, glam. Your wrestling outfit, your presence, you are walking, you are gloating, you are establishing yourself. That same energy that draws people to you, you need that in a pageant. You just stand out. And you're Mm. only really standing out with body language and like attire. And so it's that same kind of character component in both of those. Um, Also, I guess... I guess I, that's kind of the biggest thing for me. It's like the pageantry of wrestling and then the pageantry of pageants. Um, it's fun. You have to have that confidence. You have to prepare. Like, you know, with wrestling, you need to know your craft. And with pageantry, you need to practice, uh, you, you know, how you speak, how you interview, uh, how this kind of might sound silly, but how you're walking for the category that you're in. Sure. So like maybe when you're doing the gown portion, you're more slow, you're more elegant. And then when you're doing like um, like a fitness or bikini component, you're more like fierce and you're just going for it. So it's like same thing with wrestling. You need to know when you have the proper slow cadence and then when you want to be aggressive and fast or whatever. So it, it's very similar. And you have a big crowd. You can feed yeah. off that energy too. So it's nice. When you started going down the path of I want to be a pro wrestler, did your dad dissuade you in any sort of way? No, he was actually really, really supportive. And mm. I think it's because we have those similar, like similarities in personality where he kind of figured, you know, this was something that worked well for him that he loved. And he felt like, you know, I feel like my daughter would really love this as well. And um, yeah, I, I think it was something that he had really enjoyed in his life that he wanted me to have the chance to experience too. And he also knows that I, how I, how my energy is and how I feed off a crowd and I love to entertain and I love to make people laugh. And that's where him and I are similar. And I think that for him, like he just felt, he knew it would be a good fit for me, something that would make me happy um, because we have those similarities. So at what age did you start training? You trained with Tyson Dukes, who has one of the best wrestling schools in all of Canada. Like if you're going to train somewhere in Canada, that's a pretty good place to go. Yeah, Tyson was a great coach. Um, and I wish I'd had more time there, uh, but the summer term ended, so I just came home. Um, but I, oh, how old was I? A uh, 22 before turning 23 by a few months. So I think that was 2018. See, I'm good at science. I'm not good at math. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you're how old now? I'm 25. I was like, you said that with a question mark at the end. Yes. <laughs> I'm 25. There. <laughs> ah, exclamation mark. Yeah. Change it up. <laughs> well, now you've got a you know great coach, great mentor, you know, and your dad who can teach you anything at any time. Yeah, he could. <laughs> he, could. he doesn't? Um, I learn in class with everybody else. I don't I don't get any uh, special training. Uh, maybe soon, uh, maybe not though. I mean, it would be nice, but, um, no, I just kind of learn with my peers. Um, and then that's all. <laughs> your, your dad really like a few months ago, your dad really put you over and like sent out this tweet, basically talking about how great you were <laughs> and said like triple H staff, you better watch out because my daughter is the real deal. What was your reaction when you saw this? Um, so I, at first, I was like, like any kid would be when their parents starts bragging about them. 
I was like a little bit like, oh my God, dad. And then I was like, okay, that was really a special moment for me. Um, because as a coach, he is tough and you never, like, it is so hard. I don't even know if I've ever, ever actually heard him. some good feedback from him. Mm. So for him to say that was like the praise that I felt like maybe I haven't gotten quite yet. And so for me, that was a big like moment of recognition that, okay, my dad is proud of me. He thinks I'm doing a good job. He yeah. believes in me. He sees how hard I'm working. Um, Cause that's something he always told me. He's like, you know, because you're my daughter, people might say, you know, she's gotten this opportunity because of her dad, or she's gotten mm -hmm. this because of her dad. But at the end of the day, my work, like, I have to be the one to put in the work, I have to be the one to want this, I can be his daughter, that's not going to do anything for me if I don't care about it. And I don't, like, nurture my abilities. And, you know, so I always want to show and like, honestly, because it matters to me and I, I care um, that I'm very hardworking and I no matter who's in the room with me, I want to outwork them. And that's also partly just being competitive. But um, because it's important to me that I don't take opportunities for granted, opportunities that many people probably, you know, wish they could have. I might have an easier time accessing those opportunities. And those opportunities, I do not want to be wasted. I appreciate them full heartedly for what they are. And that's why I work as hard as I do. Well, take me to the um, WWE audition that you had. So SummerSlam came to Toronto 2019. You had an audition there. Walk me through everything. How does this get set up? And what happened when you walked through the door there? Um, so I, I'm not sure how everyone got selected. Um, obviously, I believe my dad put forth some of the students at Battle Arts at the time. So that was exciting. I knew for months and I was training like a cuckoo bird. And um, at that time, I hadn't had a lot of actual wrestling experience. Um, I think I went into that tryout with 13 matches. But um, my, you know, my psychology in the ring and my you know, my level of athleticism, I felt like was very competitive. Um, so of course, you know, you're planning your outfits and you're like, you're nervous and you're excited. And then I get there and it was totally cool. <laughs> it was so just breathtaking. Um, when, as soon as you walked into the venue, it was just overwhelming. Like the, the brand recognition and like the colors used um it was a lot of like you know black and silver and and darkness and like red and um it just was a very intimidating um like marketing bombardment i i don't i don't know if that's a i feel like that's a good way to describe it but but i'm not sure um it was really cool it made you feel like wow i really want to be a part of this um and I, I still do feel like that. And so, you know, it was only two days. And I know typically tryouts are about five days. So my biggest thing was I really wish that I'd had, you know, more time to show how much like heart I have and, you know, how much I will push. Like I wanted to show my inner savage and that might sound a little lame, 
but that's what I just wanted to show. Like, Hey, I might only have 13 matches, but I will fight and I will work. And I wanted to show my heart. And, uh, I'm not sure if I did or not. I do know any chance I had to, to like show what I had. I did it. Um, but I wonder, like, obviously it wasn't quite enough to, to get me there but that did not discourage me of course it did not it just made well, i'm sure me- it, it puts you on their radar do you remember yeah, any of the feedback that you got from them uh, a lot of it was basically just you know keep working get more experience yeah um i know my mic skills are pretty solid <laughs> so it was really just like the wrestling aspect of things um just to get more experience be more comfortable um unfortunately though because of corona um, that really got put on pause for me, which was unfortunate because like last year, right when Corona hit, I had so many matches lined up and I was so excited because I was going to get that experience I needed. And, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate that that happened. So I had to find other ways to improve. So I was studying tapes, um, studying my own matches, um, thinking of things, making lists of things I want to try. Um, and of course just staying in shape, uh, thinking ways to brand myself. I just, I had to think out of the box, which is fine because I like that anyways. (laughs) (laughs) And you're wrestling under your real name, right? Yeah. For, for now. Oh, for now. For now. Why not? It's a great name. Ideas of, of what I would like, but I'm kind of saving them for hopefully, uh, one day. Sure. How would you describe the character that you have right now? So right now, um, I'm kind of just, uh, what's a nice word for this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say I come off entitled, arrogant, rude, um, condescending, um, obnoxious, dramatic, um, (laughs) <laughs> and like a very dirty fighter. Just overall very unlikable. Extremely, <laughs> extremely unlikable, which is very fun. Uh, it's very fun for me. I thrive off the booze. I really do. Like the booze. Like, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> um, You prefer being a heel is what you're saying. Yes, I do. Um, there were a few matches I had where I was coming out uh, like a baby and it's a lot more you have to be a lot more vulnerable mm. um because you're coming out there all happy and you want people to cheer you and then it's like what if they don't like you and yeah. then that's just awkward <laughs> that's right. really awkward so it's i feel like it's easier to be um not likable than it is to be likable we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Since you're living in Canada and I haven't been back there in almost, I think, a year and a half now. It's so unfortunate. I haven't been there since 2019 because of COVID. Let's talk about Tim Hortons because I miss it so much. (laughs) What is your order at Tim Hortons? Well, I am so sorry to tell you this, but I stopped going to Tim Hortons. Oh my goodness. I don't drink coffee. I just go for the donuts. Okay. The one good thing I have to say about Tim Hortons is they did come out with a donut last year. They don't have it anymore. The strawberry confetti dream donut. That that was awesome. Sounds but amazing. They messed up my order um, like three times in a row about a year and a half ago. And now I'm Starbucks only. I'm wow. sorry. They they lost it big time. Yeah. Wow. What about Swiss Chalet? Did they lose you too? Um, well, they I like their sauce. There's for sure. Everybody sauce. likes their sauce. I could drink yeah. that sauce. <laughs> it is so good. I totally drink it. <laughs> but I haven't been there in years, years, years. But if I were to go, I would drink the sauce for sure. <laughs> Please, have a swig for me. Okay. Good? <laughs> yeah, when no, we look so- at when we look ahead here, what are your, you know, you're 25 question mark right now. Uh <laughs> as we look ahead to say the next five years, 10 years. What are some goals that you're reaching after? Well, definitely would like to be in Florida. I would like to be wrestling um, as a career mm-hmm. uh, with obviously one of the major companies would be very nice. Um, I would also really like to do something that, you know, whether it be through wrestling or on my own, that kind of advocates for the environment. Uh, that is a huge passion of mine. I think it's very important um, to make sure, like I know it was trendy for a while, like, oh, eco-friendly or make green decisions, but it kind of wears down after a while. People kind of stop caring. And I, it's important to me that, you know, we keep that eco-friendly energy high. And um, I just, I, re- I really want to maybe work with children, inspire children, inspire curiosity, the desire to learn. Um, I obviously would love to like main event WrestleMania, but I think any wrestler (laughs) would say that like for sure. That'd be awesome. Travel. I want to go see all the countries I've never been to um, experience new cultures, experience new foods, love food. Um, Yeah. Like really there's, I kind of want to do everything. Like I'd love to write a book, have a fashion line or have a talk show one day or everything. And you know, that's, that's very difficult because I think I've said this before in other podcasts or interviews, but Jack of all trades, master of none. And I love everything. So it's, it's either like I spread myself too thin sometimes, Mm. or I drive myself like crazy going a hundred percent at, everything. Right. And that usually is the latter option. <laughs> Maybe you become the master of wrestling. <clears throat> that is the plan. Honestly, I've got tons of ideas for charts that I'm going to make. Like as soon as my schoolwork is done, I'm going to actually implement my study strategy to wrestling and make a bunch of 
weird graphs and charts, which I, I won't go into detail now, but they're going to be effective. Wow. I know it. You know, since you like <laughs> phrases and quotes, one comes to mind when you start describing like putting yourself in, you know, spreading yourself too thin is it's like the man who chases two rabbits catches none. And I think that that's such a good phrase where it's like, if you're trying, if you're chasing after this one, then you switch chase after this one, you will end up catching neither of them. You'll just continue chasing them. Yeah, unless you have the proper tools, because then you could shoot one and chase one into a trap. But ma'am, this is good. This is the modern <laughs> version of this quote. Oh my gosh, you gotta, gotta think outside of the box, right? Bust, I feel like you made a chart in your head about that. I did. I, I actually like strategized a whole way to catch both rabbits. <laughs> What's the best advice that your father has given you in wrestling and outside of wrestling? Oh my gosh. Oh man. Um, ooh, in wrestling, best advice. Well, probably like it's going to sound like a Nike ad, but just do it. Mm. Um, a lot of the time, because I tend to kind of overthink things. If he says, okay, we're going to do this. I'll be like, um, actually, how do I do this part before I attempt anything? Yeah. And his whole thing was just, just do it. Like, don't think about it. Just do it. And so, to me, I'm like, how do I do it if I don't know how? And then I had to get over that completely and throw it out the window. So now I, I just do it. I give it my best shot. If I mess up, I do it again. And if I mess up again, I do it again. And you just keep on doing it until you get it right. Yeah. And, um, you know, in life, I guess the same thing kind of carries over. Sure. Like, you know, you get knocked down nine times you get up 10 i think that's actually a cardi b quote so <laughs> my bad on that <laughs> but uh but yeah failures lead to successes if you don't give up so i think yeah, that's it sounds a big like thing. It's the idea of like you'll figure it out as you go like you don't need to have it all figured out before you take that first step you just figure it out as you're doing it more fun that way too. wing it yeah. a little bit what book are you reading right now um, so I am halfway through, um, so I have an audio book and I have a physical book. So the physical book is my leisure reading. And then the audio book is like, um, stuff, uh, the more self-improvement type sure. stuff. Yeah. So I'm almost done. Um, the power of now, I think, or was it the secret? It's, I confuse the two of them because I just finished the one egg heart toll and I'm on the second. I'm just going to check really quickly because it's right here. <laughs> It is yeah. The power of now is what I'm reading right now, okay. and then my leisure reading is uh, the Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown. Oh, so I do really like Dan Brown as an author. I don't know if you know him, but a of lot course. of okay, yeah, he's great. Everybody uh, knows the Da Vinci Code and the, the movie though. The the books are so well written. I I wish that it's always like that though with the books. Like the books have more detail, and um, one thing I really like about Dan Brown as an author is that all of his books have so much fact in them. Mm. Like, obviously, he spins them into a fictional story, but they're educational. I'm such a dork. <laughs> uh, they're educational. So when I read them, I'm learning facts about another country or, like, historical facts. And I like the learning component that's mixed in with the fiction. So I like that you're laughing at yourself. This is great. This is great stuff. <laughs> well, it's because I'm starting to realize, like, wow, like, sound like such a dork but i guess that's who i am so it's so fiction based in reality yeah it's awesome <laughs> yeah. 
This has been great. It's just been so good getting to know you. Like I, I'm a, I was aware of who you were online through Instagram and Twitter. Your dad gave me a lovely introduction to who you were as a person, but it's great to actually like talk to you. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. You too. I, I only saw your Instagram profile as well. So now there's a, there's a person behind the face. <laughs> I end every interview talking about gratitude. And I say that if you can be grateful, you'll live a great life. Be great, be grateful. So Bianca, what are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? Uh, first of all, I'd like to say I really, really like that because I actually consciously practice gratitude every day. Love that. So there's so many things that I'm grateful for, but I will try to narrow it down to three. <laughs> um, I am grateful for this life, you know, I, I just think that it, it's very important that, you know, we all realize the gift of life that we've been given so we can make the most of it. Um, I'm grateful for every person in my life that I've interacted with and ex like had experiences with and relationships with, you know, family, friends, or even just someone on the corner of the street, because those are the interactions that help you grow and help you learn and, and really help make you who you are. Um, so I'm grateful for those experiences that forged me. Um, and I'm also grateful for, um, my health. And I think that is a big thing that a lot of people can take for granted. And especially with wrestling, um, you know, there's always a chance of injury. And so, you know, for me to be in good health and to take care of my body, knowing the things that I'm doing in the gym and in the ring. Um, I am very grateful that I'm in good health right now. <laughs> yeah. Especially with what's going on in the world right now, too. Yes, absolutely. I actually had uh, COVID for a couple of weeks there. Not fun. How are, are you okay now? Yeah, I'm fine. Honestly, it was like one week of not feeling so good. And then I was fine after. I still managed to actually work out every day, which was a little bit, uh, a little bit too much. I probably shouldn't have, and wow. it probably kept me sick longer. Yeah. But I would spend like four hours. Um, usually, my workout would last forty-five minutes, yeah. and uh, I would just it would take me four hours. I'd do something, sit down for a minute, do something, sit down for a minute. But I would power through it. So, Corona didn't didn't get me. <laughs> I love your perseverance. Just with not just with that story, but in everything you're talking about, you're like, I'm just going to make it happen. Thank you. You uh, got to do what you got to do. I love no it. excuses. <laughs> yeah. Thank you again. This was such a pleasure. Oh no! Thank you. It's my pleasure. Isn't she great? Big thank you to Bianca for joining us for this. Can't wait to see her in the ring more this year as things start to open up on both sides of the border. And hey, thanks to you. I appreciate you being with us on this one. I appreciate you subscribing and following the show. And you know, I've just been loving these conversations we've been having. And we're just getting started, people. Man, last week was John Cena and Mickey James. Earlier this week, X-Pac in person. Now, Bianca Corelli. Man, what a year. What a year it's been. Snap a screenshot. Let us know you're listening. Share it on social media. And tell us what stood out for you the most. Bianca is at Bianca A, Sophia A on Instagram and at Corelli Bianca on Twitter. And you can find me. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. And I'll leave you with this wonderful quote from George Bernard Shaw, who says, a life spent making mistakes 
is not only more honorable, but more useful than a life spent doing nothing. Be great. Be grateful, my friends. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.